right. Um, welcome to today's SNEB webinar hosted by the Healthy Aging Division. Uh, my name is Rachel Dager. I'm the Executive Director of SNEB and glad you're joining us for the presentation today. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we will take questions at the end of the presentation, so please type those in the Q&A block uh, so we can moderate questions to our presenter. Um, there, there will be slides, but I do not have a handout for today. So um, don't worry, you're not missing anything. Um, when we close out the session, there'll be a short survey. We appreciate your feedback on this session, as well as any ideas for future webinars. And then watch for an email follow-up. Um, I'll probably get that out by Friday of this week. The email follow-up comes from Zoom, and that includes a link to the recording uh, from this session. So. I will turn things over to Wendy Dahl, who is chair of the Healthy Aging Division. Thank you, Rachel. So it's my pleasure today to introduce Katherine Tucker. She is a registered dietitian and has been a senior nutrition consultant in the Office of Nutrition and Health Promotion Programs within the Administration for Community Living since um, 2021. Uh, with 27 years of experience in nutrition and food service programs, including healthcare, schools, long-term care and personal care homes, community nutrition, and as a state unit on aging dietitian, 22 of those years have focused primarily on aging nutrition. While part of a state unit on aging, Catherine incorporated malnutrition screening with interstate through um, a malnutrition screening project and participated in numerous collaborative projects addressing malnutrition in the older adults. Uh, Catherine has spent much of her career focusing on food insecurity and malnutrition, a much needed area. Uh, she holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Dietetics and a Master's of Science in Community Nutrition, both from Eastern Kentucky University. And so welcome, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you very much and good afternoon. My name is Katherine Tucker. I'm, like she said, I'm a senior nutrition consultant with the Office of Nutrition Health Promotion Programs. We call it ONHPP for short, and we're within the Administration for Community Living. With my presentation today, I plan to take you through the process that we took to address issues found in 2022 as a result of two very instrumental activities. First, you'll be able to understand what we learned from the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition and Health, and we'll identify the accomplishments of the Senior Nutrition Program Solutions Forum and how it affects the Senior Nutrition Program. And finally, you'll be able to describe how we plan to use the forum process for resource development. Now let's talk about the purpose of the Older Americans Act. Its goals are really to enrich the lives of older adults and act as a foundation for a system of community-based services. It provides supports that help millions of older adults continue to work, play, and even volunteer in their communities. It underpins a promise to preserve the right to live independently with dignity, making everyday decisions according to our individual preferences and goals across our lifespan. Congress is required to reauthorize the Older Americans Act regularly, and this allows a program to be updated and improved regularly. Congress passed and the President signed the last reauthorization in 2020. The Older Americans Act regulations are currently going through updates. And just a reminder, um, they are taking written feedback 
on those Older Americans Act regulations up until August 15th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can go to this link here on the page. It's acl.gov forward slash OAA rule. Excuse me, Catherine. A- yes. Sorry to interrupt, but we don't see your slides. Okay. They've, they've disappeared. Would you be able to reshare those? Let's try this again. There we go. Can you see them? Yes, thank you. All right. I don't know what happened. Is it still there? Because it's not. Can you see them okay? Yeah, we can see them perfectly. Okay. It don't have the ring around it. So it's usually got the little ring. Okay. So you can see the link at the bottom of the screen. And that is the link that you can go to to provide any kind of feedback that you want on the Older Americans Act regulations. So the last substantial update to the mo- to most of the Older Americans Act regulations was back in 1988. And since then, the population of older adults has nearly doubled and older adults are living longer than they ever have before. And the expectations for aging really has shifted. So now's the time. So if you do have any comments on the Older Americans Act regulation updates, I encourage you to go to that website and put in your comments. The intents of the Older Americans Act Senior Nutrition Program as authorized by Title 3C is to reduce hunger, food insecurity, malnutrition, promote socialization, and promote the health and well-being by assisting older adults in gaining access to nutrition, disease prevention, and health promotion services. It also helps to delay the onset of adverse health conditions resulting from poor nutritional health and sedentary behavior. So as most of you may know, the Nutrition Service Program targets adults 60 years and older with the greatest social and economic need. And this includes low-income, minority, older adults that live in rural communities, um, limited English proficiency, as well as older adults at risk for institutional care. So state units on aging and area agencies on aging develop nutrition policies and procedures related to outreach, partnerships, menus, and programs, or as they a review of data analysis, those populations should be the primary focus. And within the Older Americans Act programs are designed to promote the general health and well-being of older adults. We will find that within that we have the congregate and we have the home deliver meal programs, which provides meals to participants five or more days a week. And of course, this could differ based on feasibility. Rural areas have a little bit more leeway with that. But we have the congregate meal where participants receive the meals together as a, at a designated site, and it helps to reduce social isolation and encourage participation in other activities that can improve their health. This can occur in senior centers. It could be senior housing, local service provider locations, restaurants, and even food trucks. They're, the options are really across the board on what you can do with a congregate setting. Home Delivered Meals provides those who are unable to get to the Congress site with a nutritious meal and a connection or a lifeline to those outside their home. And anyone within the program knows that oftentimes the person receiving the Home Delivered Meal, only the, the person they see the most is the person delivering their meal. And so it's really important to have that connection during those meal deliveries. And in addition to providing meals, the Older Americans Act program also provides other nutrition services. And this includes things like nutritional screening and as well as nutrition education, nutrition counseling for participants. Many senior nutrition programs also provide things like your um 
oral nutrition supplements or food boxes. I've had senior centers actually have a food pantry in their senior center that is ran completely off of local donations where seniors can go in and pick up meals. So remember, it's always up to individual states to make the determination of what's allowable and with programmatic activities that meets the goals funded through the Older Americans Act. So always, that's always my disclaimer, providers always have to revert back to their state policies. So the Older Americans Act outlines the need for projects to use the expertise of a registered dietitian and comply with the dietary guidelines and provide one third of the dietary reference intake. So this section of the Older Americans Act also states that programs should meet special dietary needs to the maximum extent possible. And, pro and the pro providers really should design meals that are appealing to participants. So you can see language clearly is allowing the significant flexibilities in the Older Americans Act to integrate the participants' input and their needs into the delivery of services. The Senior Nutrition Program is managed through the Office of Nutrition Health Promotion Program. We call it ONHPP because that's a lot. That's a lot. And the mission is to optimize the health and well-being and independence of community-based older adults and persons with disabilities, their families, and caregivers. The vision is empowering healthy aging by providing tools to our aging network to succeed. And the core values include health, wellness, innovation, cultural relevance, dignity, and service. So let's talk briefly about what we know. And I'm going to break it down into the three intents of the Older Americans Act nutrition program that I discussed earlier. First, in hunger in food insecurity and malnutrition. During COVID of 2021, those 80 years and older had the largest increase of food insecurity since the Great Recession. And in 2021, it's noted that one in every 14 older adults face hunger. And the most recent data says that one, in, one out of two older adults are at risk for malnutrition. Hunger and malnutrition can increase risk for chronic disease, decline mental health, and increase complications for falls. Second, when looking at the risk associated with socialization, one-fourth of adults 65 years and older are considered to be socially isolated, and this can lead to increased risk for heart disease, stroke, dementia, higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. A U.S. study showed community-dwelling older adults who ate more than 17 meals alone had two times higher risk of mortality over an 8- to 12-year period. So that congregate setting is truly vital for that socialization. And in health and well-being, older adults have higher risk for chronic health problems. More than one out of four adults will fall each year, and this increases admissions to hospitals. And in 2020, falls among adults 65 years and older caused more than 36,000 deaths, making it the leading cause of injury-related death for that population. And approximately three out of four older adults have multiple, two or more, chronic conditions. And almost one in five older adults report their mental health was worse because of COVID. And we know depression is associated with many medical conditions, such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and other conditions. So I say all this and kind of bring all this out because the realities are really seem hard to hear. And it, the hill seems very too tall to climb, but we can do something about it because our programs have already made huge strides toward these efforts. 
In 2021, the Community Preventive Service Task Force found that the older adults who were malnourished had a non-percentage point decrease in malnutrition when participating in congregate meals and a 15.5 percentage decrease in malnutrition when participating in home-delivered meals. And in 2018, a case study on the value of socialization in older Americans at congregate nutrition programs in Wisconsin found that those who attended the congregate meal program and participated in social interaction, 76% said they had more friends and connections than before starting the program. 53% said that their health had actually improved since starting the program just because of those connections. It is also understood that disease prevention and health promotion reduces the need for more costly medical interventions. Our falls prevention program reaches 180,000 participants and more than 483,000 have participated in ACL's chronic disease self-management programs. So since 2017, the Administration on Aging through the Senior Nutrition Program has funded innovations in nutrition grants that support the testing and documentation of innovation and promising practices. The goal is to enhance the quality, effectiveness, and proven outcomes of nutrition services within the Aging Service Network. One of those grants, for example, involves Dr. Laura Shannon House, who found that social isolation, loneliness, and the risk of suicide among older adults were lessened when congregate and home deliver meals were delivered by people trained with ACL-funded Be With project. So as you can see, with so many risks to our older adult populations, our programs are proven to help improve their nutrition, socialization, and their health and well-being. And however, with the successes of the program, we also understand we have some limitations. We've seen drastic changes in participation. And with the coming of Generation X, we know it's time to really dive deep to see how we can effectively and efficiently meet the needs of our network to make the greatest impact. And we had the opportunity to do that in 2022 by collecting some very important information to help us on that journey. So now that we've conducted that quick overview of the Older Americans Act Senior Nutrition Program and its impact, I want to dive into the work that led up to the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health and how our office took action. The pre-conference work provided several listening sessions to allow partners, stakeholders, and the public in every region of the country to provide feedback on topics to be addressed during the conference. However, much of the information that was received in the listening sessions were really too program specific for the White House strategies to tackle. And in addition to the conference listening sessions for the first time in over 30 years, ACL has, are, is working on updating those regulations. With this update came its own scheduled listening sessions. So many of you who don't know me um, and Wendy, Wendy talked about it Slightly, I started my career in healthcare. I was a clinical dietitian, food service management. I've worked in long term care in schools, but I was also the state unit on aging dietitian for Kentucky. And one of my favorite parts of my job is when I would travel to the kitchen to do monitoring or a site visit, and I would arrive there early morning. I would arrive there as they're preparing the meal, so often before sunrise, and I'd watch that meal to be, I would watch it be prepared, packaged and transported, I would follow that meal all the way through and often all the way to the home. I would go on a home deliver route at that site. And to sit down with 
that older adult and them receive the meal, see that interaction, watch every part of that service. What that did is it allowed me to really see how the program is working and how it really is affecting those that we serve. So it was by far my favorite part of the job. Now, getting to sit down with those older adults is really, and those the people that serve those older adults is really where that where that important information comes from. So it's always important, not just to me, but to our office, that we make decisions based on how it impacts that ground level, the people that's getting the services and the people that's providing those services to that population. And while that's a great concept, the problem is that at a federal level, we often don't have that direct connection for our participants and the people that serve them. So when those listening sessions became available, it allowed that direct feedback, and that was gold to us. We wanted to take advantage of any opportunity that allows us to listen and learn from those working with the people that we serve. So those issues raised from the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, Health, and the Older Americans Act regulations were combined in order for us to start this next process. So while the listening sessions provided many new insights and ideas, what we found is as we were going through all the issues that were addressed, we had more questions than answers. Some of the issues that were highlighted currently had a lot of resources available that addressed those topics through the Office of Nutrition Health Promotion Programs. It allowed our office to ask if the resources provider were failing to communicate the message. Our office continued to ask, does the network even know it exists? Is it not meeting the, the, the correct provider perspective? Or should we change the angle completely? So by listening to our network, we identified 23 issues is what it ended up being. It actually started at about 48, 49, and we were able to condense it down. But we identified a whole list of issues, and, and we had to tackle those. And we would need efforts by more than us to do that. So we had to have many organizations work together toward a common goal. And due to the large nature of the project, we needed to find an approach that was effective. So we formed the Senior Nutrition Program Solutions Forum. And it was really to take a multi-pronged approach. And ONHPP knew that involvement of the stakeholders would be instrumental to fulfill this task. So we sent in invitations to the stakeholders and partners in November of 2022 to be part of the forum. And once the forum members were identified, they were tasked with nominating state units on aging, area agencies on aging, and local service providers. We wanted to ensure those with direct work with our older adult population had a voice in this process. So this allowed our office to form a work group to find that second layer of knowledge to ensure that their voices were heard. This was the issue. We had a lot of resources, but we weren't meeting their needs. So we really needed their voice in the process. The end goal was to find a process to identify the needed resources and disseminate that information to the network in a way that was both efficient and effective. So the Solutions Forum included 16 partners and stakeholders. Of course, your group was included, the Society of Nutrition Education Behavior. Wendy's been amazing to help with throughout this process. We've had the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics, Advancing States, Defeat Malnutrition Today, Meals on Wheels of America, NANASP was included, the National Council on Aging, 
Nutrition Aging Resource Center, USA Aging, and of course our office staff was also involved. And as mentioned earlier, the forum helped form that work group that included state units on aging, area agencies on aging, and local service providers. And the states you can see on the screen, those were the states that was included. It spread clear across our country. We had just about every region included. The work group was tasked with meeting and working more virtually to give feedback on what the forum was doing during the process. And as stated earlier, the work group was important to have that voice. So they were really instrumental in providing feedback during this process. So now that we have our groups formed, we really had to get the ball rolling. The SMP Solutions Forum was designed in a four meeting format to ensure the project took the steps needed to effectively meet the objectives planned. We would meet once a month to tackle defining the issues, identifying the most critical areas to tackle first, finding resources for those issues, and lastly evaluating the resources available for their effectiveness and identify whether or not we need to develop some more resources to meet that need. The first forum meeting was held January 2023 to define the issues. They reviewed each issue in which they would answer the following questions. What is a specific need or idea being expressed? What's the moving pieces and how might various levels of the network look at this issue? The results was they, the forum actually started the process and reviewed it. They weren't able to finish and get through it. So we actually moved it to the work group and they finished it out. And then the forum had some questions for the work group and some of the ones that they did define. So the work group was able to add some of their comments in there as well. So all the comments were combined and we were able to condense that 40 something issue list down to 23 based on common needs with some of the topics. And with that, we, we further put them into categories to help us figure out you know, what areas are we really looking at. And it ended up being collaboration and program awareness, flexibility, service delivery options, education needs, research and data, and business and financial guidance. So in between meeting one and two, the solutions forum and the work group were tasked to identify which issues were critical and what we wanted them to do is break it down into critical, medium, or low criteria. So in February 2023, we held the second meeting to review the responses. Now this is going to be my disclaimer and I may say this more than once. All the issues are extremely important. So we plan to address them all, but due to the extensive list of 23 items, we really had to have a starting point. And it was really too big of a task to address all of them at once. So we wanted to break it down into bite-sized portions to help us streamline those critical issues to make sure that we are being efficient in the process. So they were broken down, those 23 items were broken down to seven critical issues that needed to be addressed right away. We have 11 items that will be addressed next and then the five, five items that will be addressed, but it's just going to be a process to get through. So the next three slides, I've actually have those items listed. So you can see some of the topics that were that had came up in those listening sessions that we'll be providing some resources on. And as, as stated, this allows us to work on the issues in a more effective way because with 23 items it's a lot easier to deal with seven than 23. So these were the first seven, these were the first critical areas that we wanted to address. It was the seven critical issues which is healthcare collaboration, congregate meals, um, and 
it's more of the, the awareness and the importance of congregate meals, state policy variations, nutrition requirements, screening requirements, strengthening the, re re the research initiatives, and then what preventative models are needed. And once we have those tackled, we will move on to the medium list. And of course, the medium list is listed here. And this, um, what I've noticed as as the time has went on, there are some resources that's being developed that sort of address these issues. So as I find those issues, those resources being addressed, I'm actually plugging those into the spreadsheet. So some of these may end up coming off the list because we may be able to address them before we ever get to the medium list. But anytime and anytime you all even identify maybe new resources, feel free to share those with me and I'll and I can go ahead and plug those in. And it's just going to help help with the legwork later on. But the issues in this, this is our largest list and it was community collaboration, home deliver meal awareness, the private food sector, food boxes, medically tailored meals, grocery voucher programs. Um, we had home delivered meal el eligibility, and then we also had the prioritization clarification because sometimes those get intermingled. We had nutrition, education requirements, funding and contributions and procurement and contracts. And of course, when we get done with that list, we'll move on to the low issues. And as you can see, this was our shortest list. And if you'll notice, the more specific and some of these are more com consumer based or there may be topics that are not common across our entire network but may be very specific to certain providers that certain providers may be interested in these these topics may also be addressed as we go so as i find education in these areas i'll be plugging that into the spreadsheet um, the, the five topics was the local food programs uh, collaboration. It was a lot, a lot of the local like gardens, food gardens, community gardens, culinary training for consumers, addressing oral health and health literacy, RDNs and nutrition education, and I'll talk about that in just a minute, and addressing food waste. So on the nutrition education, it was actually, nutrition education is addressed in the medium list, but the RDN and nutrition education was defined as individualized nutritional counseling, which is actually considered another nutrition service. But they also wanted to know how we can increase the availability of dietitians to provide that service. So that was really beyond the scope at, at that time for us to really tackle. So it was sort of moved down. So we definitely want to be able to provide education on that, but it was not something that was very critically needing to be handled at the post-COVID you know, level that we were at. So now that we had the critical issues identified, the next step was for the forum to work um, in the work group to complete the dissemination survey. And it was just on those critical issues. So the survey was designed to help us identify the primary audience and what should the resource be focused on. And to give you a little idea, this was the dissemination survey. This is just an example of one of the issues. So as you can see, we asked who do you feel the primary audience should be? And for any kind of healthcare collaboration, it was the Area Agency on Aging, the local service provider. And then we asked, what, what's your two top topics that you want addressed. And these were the topics that were sort of combined. Um, they all sounded a little different, but they some of them mean the same. So we were able to combine them down and consolidate a little bit. So what we found was we had resources on healthcare collaboration, but they were not that local service 
area level. They were very in depth. And and then when I'll talk about it in a minute, but when we got to the evaluation piece, what we noticed we the resources that we had was too high level and they needed something to get them to that level first. So that was really what helped us identify how to tailor our resources because everybody's really looking for that quick start guide. You know, like you get with your printer, those, you know, step one, step two, and sometimes that's hard to do, but it's it's a starting process to get to that more in-depth education. So the third meeting in March, the forum identified resources. So this is where we really started plugging. What do we have available that meets some of these topics? The forum provided resources that address issues. Some of those came from the Nutrition Aging Resource Center. Some of them came from the respective forum members' websites or their, their agencies. And some of them were just resources that they knew were available online that they thought would be helpful. And with the agreement of ONHPP and the forum, we transferred this work to the work group. Because you remember that work group was the people that they're the ones in the trenches doing the work. So we wanted to make sure that their voice was really being met. So in May was when we had a resource evaluation. The fourth meeting occurred and we identified the resources review and we reviewed and whether or not they met the needs of those suggested topics of that dissemination survey. The resources that were identified as meeting the needs for those critical issues will be added to the Nutrition Aging Resource Center. It'll also be added, we plan on doing as SMP Solutions Forum summary report at the end of this year. So those will also be added to that as availability to find those resources. So we identified what resources needed to be developed and we're still in that process at this point. The work group pretty much has finished their work um, following up now with the Nutrition Aging Resource Center because there's been some new resources that's come out. So we're trying to plug in maybe some new resources that has been developed and we're going to be working with forum members. So it's going to come back to you and we're going to be working with the forum members and have them help with the resource development. So once we identify what gaps we have, we'll be identifying maybe which forum member can help with resource development. And they're gonna be working with the work group members in order to, we're gonna to try to team people up so they'll have that voice as well. So as we move through this, this process, it has helped us to identify where resources were missing the mark. Now that we're in the resource development stage, moving forward, we'll be corresponding with both the forum and the work groups for that development. And we're hoping to really have those, that list of resources finalized by August so we can communicate that out. We're still trying to make sure we've plugged in everything that we can find available and to move forward. So in the fall, uh, we were hoping in about a six-month follow-up in October, the forum members, we, we hope, will share their workflow with this development, maybe provide their work plan on, on and completion dates on when they think that this will be completed. And then lastly, like I said, we will have that summary report that will come out at the end of the year. And then once we complete those critical issues, ONHPP will then start working on those medium and, and low issues as we find that um, maybe we haven't met that need yet. 
So although this process has been extensive and lengthy, and and Wendy can tell you that first meeting was rough. I mean, it, it was a lot of information to throw at them at one time, and we've learned from that as well. But what we've learned is it has been beneficial just having that group setting to help move our ever-changing network into the future while continuing to meet the intents of the Older Americans Act. The original objectives of the forum are listed here, and during this process, we identified key topics presented during the listening sessions and numerous gap areas within our network where resources are needed. ONHPP could not have done this work alone. It took your society, it took the national partners, stakeholders, SUAs, AAAs, and local service providers to really provide true collaboration within the senior nutrition program to meet the needs in the most effective way possible. And now we're currently leveraging those resources available and identifying new resources and an efficient process to share those to the network. The work and the partnership between our, our organization and your organization and all the other forum and work group members will continue to be instrumental in the process of this project moving forward. So the continued collaboration is truly what makes the Senior Nutrition Program so successful. Our ability to work together to not only meet the overall intents of the Older Americans Act, but to meet those ever-changing needs that we see within our network. It's what will continue to make the biggest impact on the outcomes of those we serve. So I wanna thank you for inviting me to share this process with you today. And I wanna thank you for being such a major part of this forum. So uh, we can now open it up for questions. I hope I haven't um, just completely killed your mind with all that information all at once. Thank you, Catherine. No, it was a wonderful overview. Um, so now we would like to invite questions. And Rachel, is it correct that um, if individuals want to ask a question, you can um, yeah, I was going to say, if you want to ask a question, or I can unmute your microphone, just kind of stick up your hand or um, send a chat, let me know that um, you want to speak, and we're happy to let you do that. And Wendy, I mean, we have some time, so feel free. You can also talk about, you know, your experience on there. Well, I would agree with you that, that the first meeting was overwhelming, <laughs> but it was very productive. And that's, I, I guess, something um, that that I, that I thought was was wonderful about the process, that it was a very well-organized process and all of our meetings were super productive. Looks like we have a question from... Yes. Yeah, Dr. Ray. Hi there. I'm Shimon Ray from uh, Nedpro Global Institute in Cambridge, UK. We partner closely with SNEB. So thank you very much for sharing this journey. I was just wondering whether you've had a chance to compare and contrast with um, other parts of the world to see where similar programs are at and if there's an opportunity for shared learning across borders. We haven't, but that's definitely something, because like I said, this process was going to continue. So um, that is definitely something that I will take to um, my supervisor and just see if that's something that we can do, because I think any help that we could have 
from other organizations or other people that's sort of doing this change? Because, I mean, anywhere you go, our aging population is going to want different things, and, and that's going to be a, across the world. So how can we work better together to make sure that, you know, we should be work working smarter and, you know, not having to reinvent the wheel. So someone may have already done things that we could definitely use. Thank you. Uh, we, we'd love to follow up on that. Yeah, that would be great. That's all our details. And feel free to email me if, I mean, if there's some, some things that you want to talk about, email me so I have your contact and then we can maybe get together and talk about that a little bit more. Thank you. Okay, we have a, a, a question in the Q&A. Um, are the outcomes of this process available in a report or document somewhere? It will be at the end of this year. We're going to have the Senior Nutrition Program Summary Report that'll come out at the end of the year. Um, once we sort of get the project, it's being, it's sort of done, but we don't want to put it out until we're, we've completed the first process. So um, we're hoping that we'll be able to plug in those resources that we find, as well as, the, you know, we'll have the process and what we went through, sort of everything I presented, but then it'll have the, the results. You know, this is what happened and this is what we've been able to meet. Other questions? Well, I have a question. Yeah. So where are we at nationally with the malnutrition screening? That I really can't answer. Uh, there is a, a lot of projects going on um, with, you know, like work groups sort of working on state plans, how to do this, how to do the state plan. And, and, really going across I mean it's it's going to be different based on different state policies of course so I think a lot of people are just they're asking a lot of questions about malnutrition screens and that's being answered the nutrition aging resource center has a lot of resources on malnutrition and different screens available and so we um, always encourage people to go there and really get some information and if you go to the innovative innovation and nutrition grantee section of the Resource Center, you'll actually see some like capstones and summaries of how some of the innovation grantees have taken the malnutrition screening and what they've done in their programs. So I would encourage you to, you know, go there and find some of those. So I, I know we have Maryland, there's been some like in Texas and other areas that have been able to really, um, really make an impact. I suppose one of the big disadvantages of, of having multiple tools is the inability to get um national data yes yeah and but it's also with the older americans act it's also been wonderful with it with the flexibilities available you can really tailor it to the needs of your community so it's really difficult for us to say you have to use this screen because as a different community may need more than that so by allowing people to use the different screens um it it does help and of course the spr has certain requirements that are required but those extra screens that you put on i mean it really is going to be individual based on your community needs okay thank you so we have another question in the q a mm -hmm. um fantastic webinar thank you and um 
So um, this is a related question. How will the report on the senior nutrition solutions be shared? Will the report be shared through SNAB or through the White House um, conference communication? It will, it will most likely, because this is really done with our office, we took the information that we received from the White House conference, um, but we were using that to help um, help our network. So it's it won't be shared um, through the conference, but we will definitely disseminate that out to the forum members first, and they will be able to review as well as our work group just to make sure that nothing, you know, everything is sort of everybody's in agreement with this because they were all such an instrumental part of this program. And then we will also, once it's complete, it'll be put on the Nutrition Aging Resource Center. So we'll have it there as well. So another question, um, does your work take into account demographic characteristics of older adults and their needs? Our work really is looking at um, the resources to the people providing the services. So that is, and that was a lot of the topics that we were looking for is what does, what do they, what do the people doing the work need in order to get these services out to the older adults? So that's going to be very um, diverse depending on where they're located. So most of the resources that we already have on the resource center may affect different diverse needs. But the, the resources that we're looking at for those critical issues right now, like healthcare collaboration, that's dealing more with how to even do it. You know, how do, how do you even start that process? Or looking at nutrition requirements. And although nutrition requirements can be very diverse, culturally um, for the different needs, we still have to meet the same requirements. So it's how can we provide this education that meets everybody's needs, but they can then tailor it down to maybe their individual population that they're serving. Okay, thank you. Other questions? Don't see any more questions. So I think give everybody one more chance there. I think we could wrap it up. So on behalf of all the attendees, thank you very much for this presentation. It's very informative. It's very exciting. It it was um it was it was scary in the beginning. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and just with all the involvement and, and especially after we got that first meeting, uh, I left that meeting the same way as I was overwhelmed and I'd even been working on this for months. So after that meeting, we now we know we have to have an orientation meeting before any of these meetings before we start start the process. So we've learned um, how to go through this process with any new groups. Um, but what I found is when you have everybody in speaking the same language and everybody's wanting the same focus and wanting to make sure those older adults are served, what a wonderful opportunity it is to really make an impact. And that's what I saw is everybody really coming together and bringing their voices and making a difference. So that's what's been exciting for me is seeing this coming out and kind of it's taking shape and form and now we can see that we were right many of those resources that we had may not have met the mark so now we know how to meet the mark and we can move on from there
Perfect. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing with us today. We'll look forward to uh, more updates to come. Uh, and just a reminder, there's a short survey when I close the webinar and everyone's feedback is appreciated. Uh, and then watch for an email follow-up with the recording. Uh, we'll get that out through Zoom by the end of the week. Um, and then as mentioned, most of you know, the SNEB conference starts next week on Thursday. Uh, so hope to see a lot of you um, in person next week. But if you aren't able to attend the SNEB conference in Washington, D.C. Uh, we are live streaming everything coming from the main session room. So that's almost 20 hours of programming um, over the four days. And that 20 hours is eligible for CEU. So um, there is still an option to register and attend the live stream if you um, are not in the D.C. area. But um, be sure, to, as always, to check the SNEB website for um, upcoming events and information. So thank you all.